0: People ask me about my last job I said oh it was, it was very stressful I didn't like it I loved the people but didn't like the work there was so much value so much that I learned about myself that I have now tailored and brought in to what I'm doing now and I'm very thankful for that working with people through certain situations and really being able to meet them eye level and empathize with them it makes all the difference in the world because sometimes you don't really understand what somebody's going through until you've been through it yourself. And once you are able to um, recognize that, it, it really helps in the progression of, you know, de-escalating a situation or just coming to terms with uh, the reality of a situation and how to navigate through, you know, from that point.
1: That. Is Jeremy Ballou, and this is the Well Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Coles. I got another question for you today. How healthy are you at work? Take a moment and reflect on how you are handling some of the stressors of your particular workplace. How is conflict handled? How about the coworker that just gets under your skin? How are you doing with that? What do you do when you're faced with a crucial conversation with your boss? It's estimated that the average American spends about 90,000 hours at work across their lifespan. Who we are and how we are at work has a huge impact on our overall health and wellness. Our guest today, Jeremy, works in the field of EAP, which stands for Employee Assistance Program. He works as a consultant and trainer, helping businesses with leadership development, conflict resolution, performance management, and generally creating a healthy culture within the workplace. Jeremy shares about his personal growth through some challenging workplace issues of his own and how that experience has fed his passion for supporting employees through workplace issues today. Rather than falling into the negative and culture-killing habits of passivity, complaining, holding grudges, and emotional escalation, Jeremy gives guidance on how to prepare for and face difficult conversations at work. He shares more practical wisdoms, like the four A's of stress management in the workplace, and he walks through everything that he and his team can do to help serve employers and employees through the EAP. At the end of the episode, we also have a little fun and talk about some of the adventures that Jeremy and I have shared during this crazy time of 2020. All right, here it is, episode eight of the WellMind podcast, Workplace Wellness with Jeremy Ballou. Well, Jeremy, uh, welcome to the WellMind podcast. Thank you so much for giving your time uh, today to be able to visit with me.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Really, uh, I really do appreciate this opportunity.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, um, I, I usually have guests do a, a brief introdu- introduction of themselves. Uh, Just so that we can get to know you a little bit on a personal and a professional level, so I'll I'll kind of let you uh, start with that, and and then we can get into a few different topics.
0: Perfect. Well, just to start off, um, I am not native to the Midwest. Um, I'm actually from Texas, Uh, born and raised there. My wife has family up uh, northwest Iowa. She went to University of Sioux Falls, and so. Back in 2018, we were looking for a change and um, I stumbled across a job that um, was great with uh, you know, serving others and, and being able to communicate with others and working with people face-to-face and that's a passion of mine. And I would have been dumb to have passed up on that opportunity. But uh, the job literally fell into my lap. Just as a, a funny note, um, my wife actually applied for this job. And that was one of the ways I found out about it. Um, she found out that there were presentations involved, and she thought, "Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's not in my wheelhouse." But my husband loves to do presentations, and so, oh, um, well, then I guess we're done here. But have your husband apply. And so, sure enough, uh, I applied, uh, landed the job, and I was pumped because uh, I got to, you know, it's. The whole thing of being able to serve others and face-to-face communication, that kind of thing, delivering presentations, and that's right up my alley, and um, I love it. I've been with um, Avera since February of 2018, and I love what I do. Not many people can say that they love what they do. I hated my last job. Um, I loved the people, but the work uh, was super stressful. So to be able to come to work each and every day knowing that, I get to help people. I get to serve people. I love it. You can't go wrong with it.
1: Yeah. That's a a pretty clear theme in what you're talking about here is that, that mission to serve others, to be able to, to work with others in a, uh, through communication, whether that's in person or through presentations, that, that's a, a big part of what's important to you.
0: Oh, it certainly is. And that was the huge draw to this job because you know, to be on, to completely honest, you know, when, when she told me that she, my wife, had applied for an EAP job, I thought, what the heck is EAP? And I thought, oh my goodness, I said, my last job, I really could have used EAP. I don't even know if we had it. It was never promoted. I had no idea about it. And so I did some research and I thought, oh my goodness, this is really an opportunity to, to dig in, get my hands right, at, right there and, um, and interact with people and, and, and help serve.
1: Yeah, yeah. I bet there are going to be some people that are also scratching their head saying, EAP, what, what is that? Um, and, and maybe you know, okay, employee assistance program, um, but I, I think that might be helpful too, is to just explain a little bit of of what EAP is in general. And then in your position at, 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 at Avera McKenna in the hospital system, what does that What does it look like for that organization?
0: So EAP, Employee Assistance Program, um, just to give you a a rough background, um, it's an immediate free confidential resource that is paid for by an organization to help their employees and their employees' family members um, identify and address any kind of um, issue that is affecting them at home or affecting their job performance. And... One of the great things about what I get to do is, you know, some EAPs, employee assistance programs, are all about just counseling, and we like to to say that, you know, we feel like we're the gold standard of EAP because we offer so much more than just counseling sessions. It goes, you know, employee assistance program for us goes well beyond uh, the counseling sessions aspect um, of the position, and so um, what I get to do. Is I just do a whole lot, um, especially right now. There's been a lot of um, requests for you know, employees are having you know, mental health issues, and so we're getting calls from managers and HR uh, supervisors saying, Listen, can you facilitate a training virtually um, on mental health awareness, you know, being able to maintain your, your level of balance, if you will, stress management, all of that. And that's been a really cool thing. And I'm not used to delivering presentations virtually. And so, you know, that's been a learning curve that I've had to adapt to. And I I enjoy it. You know, I I get to, I mean, I get to, I get to stay here, you know, and I do love to go out and meet with people. But if there's any way for me to reach an audience and deliver content that's going to help them, uh, I love doing that. So that's just one area. Uh, that I get to, to do um, you know if there's a need for employee assistance program I can reach out to an organization have a uh, some kind of a consultation with them let them know about the program the services that we offer and um, typically would send a proposal so I you know again um, dealing with employees giving presentations also dealing with the management side and you know, going out and giving presentations or doing virtual presentations. That's another, you know, facet of the job, and, you know, know, we're not a massive department, and so we do like to um, make sure that we are well-rounded. And so one of the other things I get to do is, you know, I was talking about being able to help and serve people. Well, I get to do um, intakes and referrals as well. So, you know, if our intake and referral coordinator is on the other line and a phone call comes through, I'm answering that phone call. Finding out what what the issue is from the other end, what what that customer um, is you know needing assistance for. So I get to walk them through that process. If they need counseling, I set them up with counseling. If they need financial legal services, I get them set up with that. Or it's just a simple consultation. You know, sometimes the answer isn't always about counseling. You know, sometimes some people just need to people just need to vent sometimes. And so again. Um, they might call, they might vent for 10, 15 minutes and that's great. You know, we work through some short-term problem resolution and they don't need counseling after that. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things I get to do in this job that I look forward to on a daily basis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's certainly a very dynamic, uh, environment that you're describing, Jeremy. And that's one of the reasons why I asked you on the podcast, because you're not a counselor. I've had uh, some psychologists on the program, uh, some mental health professionals. Um, I've, I've had advocate, an advocate on the show. Um, but here you are, um, and, and maybe we can get a little bit into your background in particular. Um, that might be helpful too, but you know, you are in a service position, but you're you're not a counselor. That That's not what you're doing. And in fact, uh, a lot of what you do is focused on like health in the workplace, like helping people either um, achieve goals in terms of their leadership development, or uh, like you were referencing, like conflict resolution, um, problem solving type issues as it relates to the work environment. These are things that uh, you really have uh, some expertise in and, and have certainly gained a lot of experience over the last couple of years working in EAP. So yeah, what, what's your, I mean, what's your background and can, to, to kind of get to this point that you're in right now?
0: So strangely enough, my background is in education. Um, I worked in a federal program back in Texas for a, uh, A state education agency and I filed a lot of federal paperwork. I worked with school districts all across the state of Texas and I would try and um, file these forms to get them federal funding to help these schools pay for their internal network structure, phone services, um, with the ultimate goal of connecting uh, as many students as possible to um, you know broadband internet access. I mean the, the whole realm of, you know, broadband connectivity, connecting as many kids as, they, as we can uh, to the Internet so they can be successful at school. So um, I never really thought I would be in this field that I'm in now, uh, but, again, I had no idea what EAP was. And the job I had in Texas, I could have certainly used Employee Assistance Program had I have known about it. Um, the job I had carried a lot of stress, Lot of tight deadlines, um, but it prepared me for what I'm doing now. A part of what I did was I would go out to these different state agencies throughout the state of Texas and I would deliver these um, trainings. And what I used to work in was called E-rate or education rate, and that was a federal program. And so, uh, usually in the fall before the big federal filing window started, I would go out. You know, travel throughout the state of Texas, and I would give presentations to various districts and service centers, so that they knew um, about E-rate. They knew how to file for it, and so that was really the point where I started to um, sharpen and hone my presentation skills. You know, I would get nervous from time to time because that thing was that plant that um, program was always changing, and so I never wanted to. Uh, put my foot in my mouth and, but I got to be a a much stronger presenter that way. And that is one of the the big values I took away from that job. And it also taught me how to deal with people. Um, A lot of times I would deal with upset tech directors uh, because their, their bandwidth wasn't good or their internal networking wasn't good or somebody messed up on a form somewhere. And so I would have to, you know, de-escalate that situation. And so I learned a lot about myself because, you know, I'm a sports fan and so I can get pretty angry about sports and things like that. And so working with these tech directors and seeing that everyday stressors that they have to deal with, I learned so many different techniques on how to de-escalate a situation and just breathe. And, you know, if if there was a, a situation where I needed to take a minute and, and you know come down from that, I could do that. I could say, you know what, this is a, a frustrating situation, but you know, let's, let's take this off to the side for a little bit. Let me get some more information and let's have a call in a couple of hours and you know, we'll talk about, you know, the issue or something like that. So a lot of that prepared me for what I'm doing now. And so, you know, I, when I, people ask me about my last job, I say, oh, it was, it was very stressful. I didn't like it. I love the people, but didn't like the work. There was so much value, so much that I learned about myself that I have now tailored and brought in to what I'm doing now. And I'm very thankful for that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so interesting, Jeremy, too, because you're, you're focusing in on a couple of ways that that past experience helped prepare you for what you're doing now. The obvious one being the presenting, you know, just traveling around, getting in front of people, sharing information um, in, a, in a meaningful and useful way. Obviously, you know, you got really comfortable with that through that process and, and certainly have brought that into the trainings that you do now. Um, but the other part that I'm hearing is that you had this very boots-on-the-ground, real-world, like, Interaction with uh, a lot of different people and kind of seeing how different people handle stress, how interpersonal relationships can either support problem-solving or when there's a lot of conflict in that interpersonal relationship, really be a barrier to being able to have any resolution or forward progress. And, and that's such a huge part, I think, of what you're doing now is really helping folks navigate those situations. And, and you get it, you know, when, when you can see probably some a look on somebody's face or kind of hear their words or their tone of voice, and part of that resonates with you, and you're like, yeah, I've, I, I know that. I, I've heard that or I've felt that, um, which really sets you up to be able to offer a level of empathy and compassion to people through that process that I think is pretty, pretty unique.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, growing up, um, you know, I, I will be honest that I've had, you know, I have, I have a temper, you know. And, but working with people through certain situations and really being able to meet them eye level and empathize with them, it makes all the difference in the world because sometimes you don't really understand what somebody's going through until you've been through it yourself. And once you are able to um, recognize that, it, it really helps in the progression of you know, de-escalating a situation or just coming to terms with uh, the reality of a situation and how to navigate through you know, from that point. So, again, lots of valuable lessons that I've learned and I continue uh, to try and, and practice because nobody's perfect. There's always room for improvement, and I mean it's it's something as simple as if I'm going to give a presentation that I've given a hundred times, you can bet that the week leading up to that presentation, I am going through that presentation again. I'm revising slides, I'm revising notes and content because I want to make sure that it resonates with the person or the the group of people that I'm going to be um, facilitating for. So th- there's there's always there's always a learning curve because yeah you know, gotta be adaptable.
1: For sure. Uh, and it's, I I think it's interesting what you said there about growing up and, uh, you know, we all go through different kind of growing pains as we're kind of figuring ourselves out, whether that's as a, just an individual person or as a new professional and, um, and knowing you, uh, I know that you're a passionate guy. Um, and, and that, that's like you were talking about athletics or sports or, you know, competition even, and we can can visit a little bit about that today too, but um, like you're, you're passionate about things. The things that you care about, um, you, you really care about them. And so sometimes my guess is that that comes out uh, or can come out in like the, uh, uh, an intense way where you would refer to it maybe as temper or anger or something like that. Um, so how, does, how has that served you, first of all? Because there's gotta be some usefulness to, to having this passion and drive for things. Um, but then how have you had to learn to, to um, kind of calm that or, or use it more mm-hmm. strategically than, than uh, kind of as a, a hammer for everything?
0: Well, I think um, just simply, um, you know, recognizing it first. And, but when I am passionate and I, you know, I have a, a passion for what I do, you know, sometimes it is misconstrued. Oh, man, that that guy, you know, he got, he got frustrated. Well, if I'm passionate about something, um, I want to press on it. I want to press forward because I want to help whoever I'm trying to help with whatever it is and so being able just to to sit back recognize the kind of situation it is you know that that helps me to figure out how I'm going to handle it and of course you never want to get you know heated and you never want to let that frustration show I mean I could be having an extremely stressful day but if I get a rollover phone call I mean if I'm really angry it's hi, my name is Jeremy, thanks for calling Avera EAP, you know. So that is something, and I don't know, it's been a progression thing. I'm able to, to flip it on you know, like a light switch. If, if I get frustrated, I take a deep breath. If, if my phone rings and I'm stressed out, you know, that everybody says, oh, deep breathing doesn't work, or oh, counting to five or whatever doesn't work, it works for me um, because I have to understand the gravity of my position I'm a professional, and professionals, especially in healthcare, um, we don't need to let our frustration and our anger show with somebody on the other line that is calling for a specific need, calling for assistance to get help with something. And so just being able to, I mean, I kid you not, I'll, I'll put my head down, I'll take a deep breath, and then I'll answer the phone, and you would have thought that, you know, nothing was wrong. Nothing was bothering me that day. I wasn't stressed about anything. And so that is something, you know, I don't normally like to brag about myself or pat myself on the back, but I feel like I've come a long way in that. Um, when I managed folks in my old department down in Texas, they knew when I was stressed. They would walk into my office and say, okay, I can tell you're stressed. I'm going to come back. And that that was hard for me to hear because I always wanted to have an open-door policy. I always wanted my employees to know they could come talk to me at any point. Well, it was time for some, some self-check, and I was not doing very well in that. And so what I was able to do was just tell myself, listen, you can't operate you know, with this mindset or you can't let your anger or your frustration show. And so in that moment, if I get frustrated... I take a deep breath, I put my head down, and then I let it go. And that's something that I've been able to, like I said, I've really been able to, been able to, to pride myself on and I pat myself on the back for because in my old days I probably just would have blown up and uh, become a hothead about something. But, again, I'm able to, to de-escalate just by taking a few deep breaths and understanding um, the gravity of any kind of certain situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and another thing that I appreciate about what you're saying here, too, is that um, when we get angry and frustrated about things, we're usually turned inward. You know, we're, we're, we're stewing on something, and maybe it's something somebody else said, but now it's become internal. And when you are taking that deep breath and taking a pause, before re-engaging externally with somebody you're shifting your focus i mean i can i can i can hear that in, in what you're saying like this isn't about me this is about this person calling or this person that i'm talking to right now and that that pivot that shift in focus away from ourself and towards serving somebody else is an incredibly powerful process and the fact that you've kind of figured out maybe through some trial and error, maybe through some growing pains, um, <laughs> some ways to to do that for yourself is incredibly important then to the people that you're serving too because it's not just um, do this because the textbook says do this. It, it's you're, you're able to coach and and help people along the way because you yourself have... Had to sort through and work through this process for yourself at different points in life,
0: and that is true. Um, I would always have a fear of going and talking to my boss about something I disagreed with, and it it scared me to death because I thought, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna lose certain responsibilities or I'm gonna have a negative light, you know, shining upon me because. Um, oh, I put a rift in the situation or, oh, I disagreed with the almighty boss. And um, But again, working in this environment, I have disagreements with my boss, you know, on a regular basis about just small little things, but I feel so comfortable and confident going and uh, disclosing, you know, the, the disagreeing, the, whatever I disagree with him on, and we talk about it. And again... I know that in that situation, I cannot allow my frustration to show because I know it is business as usual and nothing gets accomplished by getting angry and frustrated and, oh, you don't get your way, so you're going to throw a temper tantrum about it and huff and puff. And so being able to deal with just my manager and being able to state that I disagree with something so candidly has really helped me navigate when dealing with, you know, other supervisors or other managers on the outside of Avera. And so, again, I, I, I can't speak enough about the the personal growth that I've gone through and that I've been able to use um, since I've gotten to Avera.
1: Yeah, yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit, because I know this is an area that you spend a lot of time uh, working on with folks, is this interaction between uh, employees and their supervisor or manager. <clears throat> and you've just kind of referenced, like for yourself personally, like this process that you've developed and being able to have honest and clear communication with your supervisor or your boss, um, even in situations in which there are differing viewpoints or differing perspectives. Um, so what are some things that you would, you know, maybe, maybe coach or kind of encourage people to be thinking about or kind of doing some self evaluation about before, before going to their boss and talking about something that's important, but maybe, maybe there could be some conflict there.
0: Well, one of the, um, one of the trainings that I I did a lot of um, in the past here was about dealing with difficult people or dealing with a difficult boss. And um, there are so many different applicable lessons you can learn from something like that because everybody works and manages in a different way. And, you know, there is not one person that works the same as you, manages the same as you or anybody else. And so, Being able to pinpoint what type of personality that you're dealing with allows you to approach that situation um, differently, or um, you know whether it's being keen on the um, emotional intelligence level. um, It just it makes things easier. And when I get a phone call and somebody is complaining about, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a boss because you know EAP. it's it's confidential. So if somebody is calling and they are stressed out because they're having a stressful work situation with their boss, I'm not gonna cut them off, I'm not gonna say, oh, well, you're wrong, because the whole point is short-term problem resolution. And so the only way to find out and really dig in as to what is the the root of this is to allow this person to explain the situation, let me know what they've done what's been done prior or something like that and we work on an action plan and that goes with with all different realms here so even if you're um, if, if there's two bosses that can't get along they need to be able to come to that reckon, you know that that realization listen we're disagreeing on a lot of things and it might be something completely unrelated to what they're working with and so you know, we encourage to kind of put that stuff aside. Um, th- there's a lot of um, grudges held in the Midwest, and um, I- I've seen that with my own two eyes. And being able to let that small stuff go, let these small things, these insignificant matters that have no um, no reason to be brought up in any kind of situation, let those small things go. That's, a, that's one of the things that people have a difficult time with. I, I used to have a difficult time with that, but it's not worth it. There, You accomplish nothing by letting a grudge that might have been two or three years ago affect a current relationship, a working relationship about something that is completely unrelated to the issue at hand. Yeah,
1: So, so a big part of it, first of all, is staying focused on what the actual issue is. There are lots of things that could be brought in, and uh, and we all have a good memory for the times when we felt wronged or slighted, uh, or overlooked or dismissed. Um, but keeping that record and then constantly referencing that within a relationship with somebody is pretty. I mean, to me, that sounds pretty toxic. Uh, I I don't I don't know how I could work with someone if. Every time I see them, all I think about is all of the times that I've been upset with them or that they've mm-hmm. disappointed me. So being able to set that aside—that's a pretty—that's a pretty tall order, I would think, for some for some folks. Um, but it's so important to being able to actually resolve a, a, a problem in the here and now. Correct.
0: That is absolutely correct. Yes.
1: Is there? Is there? anything that you've kind of picked up on or that you've learned um, to really help people you know set that aside bracket that like how do how do we stay focused on the here and now and not the and not continue to go back to the then and
0: there well especially in the workplace um, you know one one of the um, topics that we deal with regularly is, Professionally dealing with workplace conflict, um, a lot of times people just will think, okay, well, it's just going to go away, but it doesn't. And you've got to be able to confront that person, confront that situation, you know, and you've got to be able to have that tough conversation. If if we can't be completely open and honest um, with one another, with our bosses, or um, with, with anyone really, like you were saying, it it can become a toxic situation. And so being able to work through those tough conversations um, its key. And you've got to make sure, you know, some, sometimes when people's like, they're, okay, I'm going to go deal with this now. One of the things they got to make sure to, re- to remember, do you have all the information at hand? Do you, all, do you have all the facts? Because if you're going to have this difficult conversation, um, if you're going to confront this con this conflict. Do you have the facts? Do, do you know how you're going to address them? And have you um, kind of role played in your mind? Well, what if this person reacts this way? How am I going to respond? Because again, you might practice something. You might practice a conversation, but you don't practice how you're going to respond to the other person's response. And so. If you're not looking at it from all different levels, you could be completely taken aback by a response, and you might get angry, you might get frustrated. And if that happens, um, if you don't know how to manage that moment and de-escalate that situation, it's going to get worse and worse. And so I, the, the key thing for me is just being intentional on making sure you understand the situation fully and... You know, you practice in your mind the different types of responses you might get because you've got, to be, you've got to be ready because those conversations aren't easy. They never are. It's not like turning on a light switch, you know, or doing something so routine. You have to practice it and you have to prepare for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of it is making sure that that long list of grievances isn't building up. <clears throat> and that really happens when we're, we're more avoidant. And um, maybe that comes out then, and being passive in a situation, um, thinking that we're uh, I'm just going to let this go, or I'm not going to address this. But really, in actuality, we're holding on to it, and and mm-hmm. then we're we're using that as kind of fuel for this frustration and animosity that we're building. Uh, so so step one is we we can't avoid that when a situation comes up, um, big or small. It's important to have a conversation about it right so don't so don't Mm -hmm. avoid then kind of position yourself uh, in a in a better headspace you don't have to uh, go immediately in that moment and try and address it but take some time breathe kind of think through what you want to say but then Kind of the next step that you were talking about is is taking perspective, like seeing it. Okay, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what how how it is for me. Um, what might this other person be thinking about? What might they? What might their perspective be on it? Um, and and kind of again stepping out of what's going on inside of us and trying to have some understanding or even empathy, really for for what that other person, whether that's a boss or, or a colleague, that's a pretty important uh, part of what you're talking about. And then this last piece that I want to talk a little bit more about is is rehearsal. That, that's a word that I would use. I don't know if you would use that, but where we kind of play through the situation in our mind and say, how do I want this to go? How do I How do I want to come off? How do I want to be able to respond when you know, my colleague or my boss is kind of giving me their information. I've got, a, I've got a sense that that probably involves a lot of listening and less talking at that point. But, um, yeah, t- talk a little bit more about this kind of rehearsal process. What, what are you hoping people are able to do or accomplish as they prepare themselves for having this difficult conversation?
0: Well... I mean, the answer is right there. You want to be 100% prepared, um, because if you go into a what could be a difficult conversation or a difficult situation, and you don't have all the answers, and you don't, and you haven't rehearsed, you know, again, you might hear something that you that that might be completely out of the blue, something that you haven't thought about, and it really kind of puts a kink in your armor. It kind of um, deflects your whole purpose, and you can lose focus of that. And so, um, I mean, there was there have been situations where I've had discussions with my boss about a certain process or, you know, a brand new process, something that we want to implement and we don't know how, and that's, again, where that rehearsal comes from because, you know, I feel like I have some pretty good ideas sometimes, and, um, but... You can't just bring ideas. You've got to be able to bring solutions. And if you're not rehearsing, if you're not thinking through everything, again, all you have are these ideas. You haven't worked through the possible solutions. You haven't worked through uh, the possible responses that you might get. And so, uh, again, one of the things that I've learned from my, uh, I guess, my professional career is... Don't just bring an idea. Don't just bring a suggestion. You know, well, did you, did you look at these solutions? Well, what happens if, if, you know, track A goes south? What happens if that doesn't work? Have you thought about that? Oh, well, no, I haven't. Okay, well, that's one of those areas that you, you, you know, you got to prepare for. Yeah. You got to be ready for not just a plan A, but a plan B, a plan C. Think about all those different plans that you can have if you think thoroughly through everything and all the possible responses. Because you can't bring solutions um, if you can't think through them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so and like you were saying too, a lot of that is information gathering, right? And and it can't just be located in how I'm feeling in that moment um, or what my reaction is to the situation. And and so often that seems to be the cases that we're operating. Um, maybe too quickly, because we're mm-hmm. we're being compelled by where we're at emotionally. And so being able to have that first step process of, like, s- kind of checking in with yourself, breathing, like bringing your emotional intensity level down, is going to give you um, freedom to problem solve, freedom to come up with multiple solutions or pathways to, addressing an issue or proposing an idea
0: yeah and and i think so much of what we do you know away from work we operate in how we're feeling and if we're operating in how we're feeling in a current moment um if it's a bad moment nothing good is going to come out of that um if you talk to me after my longhorns lose a close game which the games they've lost this year have been close games. Nothing positive is going to come out of that interaction because I'm angry mm-hmm. and I don't want to try to move on to something more positive. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, and I hate you know bringing up the whole sports analogy thing again. Um, after some of those moments, I I understood that my my well being is so contingent on how my teams play. And it shouldn't be that way. And so um, I've been able to recognize. Listen, I know that sitting and watching a three-hour football game is going to put me in a, you know, a mental health mess because it's ups and downs like a roller coaster. And so I don't watch a lot of the games through, you know, throughout the whole time. You know, I'll, I might watch a quarter and then I walk away. And I had. It's the same in the professional. Uh, in our professional uh, jobs, too. If you know um, that something is going to stress you out, if you can, avoid it. You know, one of the things that anytime I do a presentation on stress management, I always like to kick it off with the four A's of stress management. Um, and so the last point that I make about that is, you know, avoiding those things um, that you know are going to stress you out. Um, if I've had a stressful day at work, I'm not going to go home and get on social media because social media stresses us out, let's be honest. I mean, it, regardless of if it's uh, sports, politics, you know, it, it, religion, it doesn't matter. Social media is used, you know, for personal reasons as so it can stress us out. So if there's something in somebody's job that they can avoid, um, maybe somebody just puts them in a bad mood every day they don't have to deal with that person. Their job is not contingent on dealing with that person. Avoid them. Uh, You know, this is the year of COVID, and so we've got to accept the things that we can't change, too. So we have to accept the fact that we're going to go through a lot of changes. We're going to go through a lot of adaptability moments, and we've got to be okay with that. Uh, Professionally, personally, this has not been an easy year for anybody, and so We've got to understand, we got to be able to accept those things. We know we can't change. I mean, it. you know, I looked outside earlier. It, it looks like it's January. We know the weather's going to get bad. Be okay with it. Um, it's just there's always certain things that we can do to alleviate surface level stress before it even gets started.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I – <clears throat> It reminds me, I was listening to uh, an episode of Jay Shetty's podcast, On Purpose. I don't know if that's one that you're familiar with. but um,
0: (laughs) Vaguely, but yeah, yeah, I'm familiar.
1: Yeah, he has this book, Think Like a Monk, um, and actually a a previous guest had referenced it, and that kind of uh, made me look into it a little bit more. But um, he was talking about uh, 10-minute people in a recent podcast and I was like what is what is this like had he talked about it before I wasn't getting it but then he went into explaining it that that we have to think about our dosage in terms of exposure to things and he was talking about interpersonal relationships at that point Mm -hmm. and that there are some people that when we're around um, are very um challenging for us to navigate that communication or that interpersonal relationship. And it, maybe it's because they gossip a lot, or maybe it's because they're a complainer, or maybe they're just irritate, irritated about things or negative or whatever. Um, but he, he said, you know, I can I can spend 10 minutes with this person in a day, and that's kind of my limit. And if I spend more time with that person, it starts to affect me. And then I carry that with me, and whatever it was that they're struggling with, then now all of a sudden I find myself struggling with that. But if I can keep it to ten minutes, that's manageable for me, um, because <clears throat> then that allows me to to still be kind, to still practice respect, um, especially in the workplace, like colleagues, like that. To 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 only give somebody the cold shoulder, that that's not going to promote. Um, health and well-being in the workplace, either. But thinking about dosage and saying, "Okay, this is a ten-minute person. Um, I I can do that." And then, oh, I, yeah, I've got a meeting to get to, or I've got a follow-up on this phone call, or, or you know, whatever it is. When that ten minutes is up, so that you can transition away from that. So I think that's really valuable um, in what you're talking about here. Is like being aware of where those stressors are, and Mm -hmm. then being intentional and saying, okay, can I handle this right now? Is this something that I can do right now? Am I in an okay headspace to be able to go on social media and use that in a productive way? Or is this this kind of going to feed into some of the negativity that I'm already in? Um, And so that, again, on purpose or being intentional is really important Mm -hmm. here and, and checking in with yourself before making some of those choices.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, those, those, um, self pep talks, you know, it it sounds ridiculous and people like you really talk to yourself. Yes. Sometimes I do talk to myself and sometimes I'll respond, but that's just the part (laughs) of, um, Getting right with myself and being able to, um, you know, again know what I'm heading into, it and trying to remember: is this pertinent to my job? Is this something that I can do? Is this something that uh, is going to stress me out? If it's going to stress me out, is there a way? You know, I love that that 10 minute, the 10 minute people. Uh, reference that you were making because it's so true. And it doesn't have to be just people. Um, if there's something that you're going to work on, set aside some time and know if I work on something for longer than 10 minutes, I might go down a rabbit hole or I'm going to get stressed out or I'm going to get bogged down. And the last thing we want to be able to, or the last thing that we want to turn into is something like um, let's say, a, a yes man. Uh, that's a struggle that I used to have where I tried to take on as much as I possibly could. Why? Because I was all about helping people. I wanted to help my boss. I wanted to help my coworkers. And I got to a point where I felt like if I said no to something, oh, well, he must be struggling. So we need to take some things away from him. And so I've got to be able to take on the things that I know I can accomplish and I know that I can accomplish well and, try to stay away from those situations that I know if I'm working on them or working with pe- certain people for an extended amount of time, I know that it's going to stress me out. And so again, it goes back to the whole four A's of stress management. I, I, I know I touched on, you know, a couple of them. Um, yeah, I think, but, like, you av- know,
1: avoiding the stressors, um, mm-hmm. And then acceptance sounded like Uh it was one things that we can't change things that are because they just are, uh, fighting against that isn't going to be helpful. So finding a way or a pathway to accept those realities Mm -hmm. is, is important. Yeah. What, what are the other two?
0: Um, another one is being able to alter things. We know that, you know, stress, we know stress is oftentimes unavoidable, but are there things that we can do to alter it? So, Uh, I live in Sioux Falls, and there is a traffic light every tenth of a mile. Um, People like to drive really slow, and so I get stuck behind slow cars, which means I get stuck at red lights. And I can be a very impatient driver. I'll be the first to admit that. And so I think, okay, what is a different route I can take? And lo and behold, I only live three miles or so from my office. And you'd be surprised, sometimes it can take 10 minutes to get here because I'm I'm hitting all these lights red and I'm stuck in school traffic. Well, I found that if I leave five minutes earlier, I take a slightly longer route, but I do not hit one red light, Um, I don't have to worry about turning against traffic, and I get to work faster, even though it's a longer distance, I get to work faster. And I go the speed limit, I don't break the speed limit rules. Um, but something simple, like just driving to work, that can be a, a big time stressor for a lot of people. And I found a way to alter that. So is there something in your, your workspace that you can alter? Um, is there something about your, you know, how you, how your workflow is, you know, maybe can you alter, you know, again, everybody's different. Um, I, I know that, me being able to alter my uh, my lunch breaks. Um, sometimes, if if I feel like I'm stressed and I need some time, and it's um, you know it's lunch usually I like to go at twelve forty-five, one o'clock. But sometimes I need to alter that for for my well-being, and um, so sometimes I'll go earlier, sometimes I'll go later. So just being able to alter things and being adaptable on the fly, if you can, and then uh, being able to assist somebody. A lot of times when people are stressed, they just need somebody to talk to. And I think it's important to have that colleague or that friend or family member that will just listen. Just being able to lend an ear and being able to assist and listening to something that's really bothering somebody. I mean, because if you talk to people that, oh, I'm stressed out, I have nobody to talk to. How many times have we heard that? And so being able to be that listening ear, letting somebody offload some stress might be the only thing they need. You know, again, when I'm talking about having these um, consultations on the phone when people call in, sometimes they don't need a counseling session or sessions. They just need to vent. They need to just talk things out with somebody. And after that, they're good to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So assistance and, uh, and what was the other one?
0: Alter, alter, yeah.
1: So we've got avoidance, and accept, and alter, and assist. Awesome,
0: That's awesome. It. That's yeah. good. Yeah, the four A's.
1: <laughs> so can we can we transition a little bit here, Jeremy? I I know you do a lot of work with leaders in particular, um, and some of you, some of the trainings that that you've been doing or presenting that you've been doing have been geared more toward leadership development. Um, talk a little bit about some of the work that you've been doing with, with leaders through the EAP.
0: Um, so especially throughout this 2020, we get a lot of management consultations on the phone and that's a big piece of EAP that not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of, um, HR supervisors or managers know about if they're having an issue with a group of employees or, maybe one employee, they can call us and we facilitate a management consultation with them. We we work through what's been going on, how long it's been going on, what have you done, what's the ultimate goal, and then we help them work an act, you know, an action plan. A lot of managers don't realize that we that we do that. And so again, it's being able to serve somebody right off the bat, you know, knowing that there's a problem and you can help them work through it right then and there. Um, so there's that area. And we've dealt with a lot of um, stress management and mental health. We, we get emails and phone calls from managers. Listen, my department, we're, we're spread thin. We've got a lot of people working late hours or, you know, more hours. we got more people out because of COVID. What can we do? What can we do? What can you offer us? And so, again, we never want to feel – we never want somebody else to feel like we can't help them at all. And so we will tailor-make Uh, A presentation if they need it done virtually we'll do it virtually if they need it uh, needed it to where uh, they needed to present it you know with a link or something at two or three different times we make that available for them we we want to make sure that when we put our time into trying to help a department that we really help them we don't just say oh yeah here's a training we did two years ago this should help you know we we want to know exactly you know, what are your employees feeling? What what are what are some concerns that they're bringing to you? And we really want to make sure that we hit on every single point, every single concern that those managers have. So there's that. We also have, um, you know, just leadership trainings in general where it's it can be a foundational level of leadership. Um, maybe there's a department that's had a few new leaders that have been hired. So we have emerging leader uh, topics that we, that we talk about. Um, and then different, you know, various toolkits on, you know, working styles. You know, and that's an important thing too because you want to understand who it is you're working with, how they operate. And so part of those toolkits, they, they address things like the working styles and uh, performance management. Um, I, I did a presentation uh, about a month ago because I had a, a boss call and say, listen, we, we give these annual uh, reviews and they're just, they're, they're pointless. Uh, nobody gets anything out of them. What can you do for us? And I thought, oh, well, th- that, you know, that stems along, you know, performance management. And, again, we have one in place, but I had a nice 30-minute phone call and we went over every single thing, every single concern that they were having about these evaluations. You know, we, we tailor, I tailor-made that delivered it made sure that it hit on each and every one of those points because in something like a performance review' if it's, if it's not important to a manager how do you expect it to be important to an employee um, so you know working through that kind of things and, um, and then self-care um, a lot of times managers want to have the best available information for their employees you know mental health and self-care how do they take care of themselves And so we have a lot of consultations on those as well. But um, we help managers regardless of what they're going through, because there's managers that go through a multitude of issues. And so we're always here for them to take their calls regardless of the issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so varied. And and because of that, um, you guys take the time, you in particular, Jeremy, really take the time to get to know that that individual or that department or that organization, um, because how it looks within their structure is what's important. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure there are some, some tools that you guys can implement on a pretty consistent basis, some universal things. Um, but it really is about tailoring it to the specific needs of that, of that person, that department, that, that organization.
0: Yeah, and we don't stop there. You know, if we have there's if there's a dire need or a dire situation, and we, we facilitate a presentation or uh, we do some kind of a CISM, you know, a critical incident stress management debrief, we don't just leave it at that. We always follow up, and we make sure that with every one of the organizations that we deal with, we we at least do our due diligence and check in with them quarterly. You know, it's of course we can't drive out there right now because. And a lot of people, it's, it's COVID season, you know, And but we still pick up the phone and we call them. We send them an email. Um, we ask them if they need an orientation refresher for their employees, um, if there's a training need that they might have. And w- another thing that we've just – we used to be really good at, and we moved our building, and so when we did, we stopped doing it. We started We started back doing our newsletters again. And sometimes you never really understand how important something is until it stops we, when we stopped briefly because we were moving, we got email after email, hey, haven't seen y'all's newsletter in a long time. Do you still do that? And so we started, you know, revamping those newsletters again. So again, our outreach never stops. It's, you know, people think, oh, so so you're a sale, you're trying to sell your product and you're consulting about selling it. No, it's not, it's not about me going out and making a sale. It's, Finding something that will serve an organization, the employees, the employees' family members, and I follow up with them. I don't want to be, oh, there's Jeremy the salesman. He just wants to collect, uh, you know, another another check. Um, we don't care about that. We we care about reaching as many employees as we can and helping them through whatever they're going through. So um, that's why I really brag to people about the work that a very EAP does because it's, it is a full spectrum EAP yeah. and I absolutely love serving people regardless of what their position is. Yeah.
1: Do you know how many people you serve through the EAP?
0: Well, we have, um, I know we have about 280 different organizations that we serve. Okay. Um, Avera of course um, is our, our largest sure organization but
1: are they still the biggest are, employer in South Dakota Avera
0: I believe so don't quote me on that yeah. but i well, believe they, so they
1: were when when i lived in in South Dakota Avera was the largest employer in the state
0: Well it's not like you've been gone very long then
1: <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it feels like it though it does <laughs> Yeah Yeah. So um, 280 organizations and, and for sure, one of the biggest, we'll say that one of the biggest in the, in the state. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and through this pandemic, um, we were trying to figure out ways and how are, how are organizations going to reach us? How are they going to know to reach us? And they have seen the stress that their employees have been under. And so they have, they have come to us in, in droves and really saying, what kind of things can you offer us? Do you have any tip sheets? Um, do you have any presentations? What can you do to help our employees? And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that's music to our ears because we want to serve people. Yeah. And especially during a pandemic because there's been so much going on. There's so much negativity. So we, we want to always make sure that we're that that shining light, you know, during these dark times. Yeah, yeah. An
1: awesome resource for sure um, so Jeremy there's a couple of questions that I always ask people um, as as we are kind of getting to the close of our time together um, and and the first one is uh, kind of like what's on the horizon for you what are some things for you uh, in a professional sense um, or the, the EAP program there um, that you're working on and, and in a personal sense too, what are some things that, that you have coming up?
0: Well, um, one of the things that I want to make sure that I can proudfully say about our department is we all want to be certified employee assistance professionals, um, or a SEEP. And so I've got all my paperwork in and I'm waiting to get that approval. Um, so that I can take my seat, uh, my seat exam, and once I take that exam, I will be a certified employee assistance professional myself, and I've got two other colleagues that are doing that as well. Um, my, my boss already has that naturally. Another colleague of mine has it, and so being able to say, you know, we, we have an office full of seats is, again, it's a pat on the back, and it just speaks to the level of excellence that we expect of ourselves. And one of the things that we've really started to ramp up with have been uh, substance abuse, um, you know, SAPs, substance abuse professionals um, and those different SAP assessments. And if I can start, if I once I get that seep, the next thing on board for me, professionally, what I would love to be able to do is become a substance abuse professional. The, the trucking industry is huge in this area and I want to make sure that if there's a trucker that needs a SAP assessment, I want to be there to help. We already have two SAPs in our office, and to be able to have a third is monumental. I mean, there—I don't know—I don't know how many SAPs there are in the state of South Dakota, but being able to say that there's three of them in the same office—that's um, a pretty cool thing. And again, it's another resource, you know, another outreach service that we can offer, you know, employees. And so. Professionally, that's what I'm looking forward um, to moving forward with. Um, And one thing that we're trying to gear up for now is finding some way to create a virtual training library where we can record our presentations and have a library or an online catalog. And if we can get that going, we can have organizations reach out to us we can make sure that those trainings meet their agenda, their criteria, and then all they got to do is click on the link, facilitate that for their employees, and it's it's seamless. Um, so that is one thing that we are really starting to to look at. I think that that is going to be coming down the pipe. I think it's um, it's just that you know we're trying to get right with those times, and we feel like that can um, you know help help employees help organizations that are, that are with a very EAP. And even if they're not with a very EAP, again, we want to make it available, not just to our customers, but our non-customers as well.
1: That's pretty cool to have a virtual library like that. What a wealth of uh, knowledge and information that, that could be shared in, uh, in kind of open access anytime kind of, kind of a situation for folks. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, so, the next question then too is about resources. Um, so if people are <clears throat> kind of wanting to follow up on any of the topics that we were discussing today, um, find out more about you know EAP through Avera or through their employer, what whatever that might be. What are some? What direction do you point people in in, in terms of resources for these types of things?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked because one of the things that I'm trying to really improve on is um, our website and our website has come a long way since I got here Um, that was one of the things that my boss and I had talked about and and I thought our website needs some work and so over the past two years we've been able to to put a lot of our stuff on our website so just being able to um, visit www.avera.org slash eap that's going to talk a lot about what I've talked about about just the general uh, services that we offer um, but you know that people want information they can um, I have a LinkedIn page uh, it's, it's a personal LinkedIn page but it's all about EAP and so there's that way to connect as well um, another thing too we get calls all the time about tip sheets and tip sheets are you know super beneficial for you know if it's a situation on um, you know it might be about creating a respectful workplace or you know i I, I just put one out um, we just had the election and a lot of times people will have just casual political conversation but sometimes you got to be mindful because it might it might affect somebody it might offend somebody and so you know wh- how are you supposed to to go about that how do you navigate that situation so being able to really thicken up our um, tip sheet library is something that we've been working on for the last several months. They can always call us and ask for something, you know, a tip sheet on a, a certain um, issue, a certain situation, and we have that available as well. Uh, but the, the website, definitely a great place to start. Cool. Um, and of course, anybody can call us for any kind of information, um, and they can talk to me directly. I'd love to be able to navigate somebody else to to the help that they need.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I can put links for those websites, your LinkedIn page, all of that kind of stuff. I can put links in the show notes um, so that people can access that through wherever they listen to the podcast. So that'll be perfect. That'll be great. Um, Awesome. So I got I got a last question for you. How are the legs feeling? Because we did a thing a couple of weeks ago, and I just I, it was kind of short notice for you, but I want to I want to hear how you're feeling.
0: I feel fantastic. Do you? Um, That's great. I mean, I was a little sore the next day, but, you know, you run 31 miles. You think, oh, my gosh, I'm not moving tomorrow. I wanted to go out and run the next day, but yeah. I thought, you know, I've, I've, I felt some pain in the legs where I haven't felt before. So I thought, Jeremy, I know you want to Goggins it, but just <laughs> – take a break let your legs relax let them rest for a little bit um, but man that was a that was a lot of fun and yes very last minute nothing yeah. like signing up for a 31 mile trail race um, the day before it starts right
1: yeah yeah no that's <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, a goggins move for sure so <laughs> yeah Jeremy you and I share a, a love for David Goggins and an admiration for him and and uh, earlier during covid we actually did the goggins challenge and we did that virtually that was super cool um, for most people, they're probably not going to be aware of what that is, but it, it's uh, four by four by 48, right? So four, four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. So you end up running, uh, you know, 48 miles during that time. So so we did that virtually uh, in our own neighborhoods during kind of when everything was locked down and mm-hmm. um, kind of trying to keep our sanity by doing something kind of crazy, and uh, and that's kind of what this fifty k this, this thirty one mile race was too. It was, uh, there are not many in person events happening, um, but <clears throat> you know the Sioux Falls running community. I've spoken about it in previous podcasts. Is, it's just tremendous, and so you know the the job that the race directors did for the Glacier Hills Ultra, I think, was fantastic. Um, really made it a a safe. But uh, really awesome experience, and I know that's the only face-to-face uh, racing event that I, I'll get in this year in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, uh, was super appreciative that that we had that opportunity. And other than my water bottles freezing because it was 18 degrees when we started, <laughs> uh, I, I felt like the race went pretty well, and uh, and my legs were good too afterwards. So it was uh, yeah, I'm 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 back on the horse, as they say, running pretty consistently again
0: yeah I uh I think I only had a one tiny little blister and I didn't even feel that and I didn't realize it until I took my shoes off but um Mm -hmm. yeah I can't say enough about the 605 the, the Sioux Falls running community I mean I've gotten to know so many wonderful people just showing up and and going on a group run uh whether it was a Wednesday evening or a Saturday morning Ben I mean that's how I got to know you is yep. on, on the group run. Yeah. So, um,
1: yeah, you were the new, new that, to town and came down to the yeah. shop and I was like, Hey, who's this guy? He's, he's pretty cool. Let's run together.
0: And he's got a cool beard. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: there you go. Awesome. So I have
0: to ask you, Ben. Yeah. What do you put in your beard? Oh, I know we yeah. kind of talked about it, I mean, but I don't think I ever asked you if you put anything in there. <laughs>
1: You know, I had a guest that, uh, was asking me about that too. Um, well, the first thing it starts with is having a good beard comb. It really does. Like you gotta have a good beard comb and that's like a wood one, really, um, something substantial. And, uh, and that, that helps even, (laughs) even when it's short beard length, like what you have, it's, uh, it's helpful in just getting everything moving in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of go back and forth between either a, a, like a beard oil which mm-hmm. is kind of softens things um, yep. or there's kind of a a, a light paste and that kind of can hold things in place a little bit better so you know you don't have hairs kind of mountain man look <laughs> flying out all over the place right
0: yeah <laughs> so, that's why I keep mine short yeah <laughs> it's because it, it it goes
1: out oh it goes yeah yeah so you you know, you got to work with uh, work with what you got, right? But then, yeah, some of those some of those products are definitely helpful. So that that was an unexpected question, and uh, and one that I'm sure our audience is just gonna be so so fascinated by is is beard beard grooming. So <laughs> hey. Let's uh, let's bring this to a close, Jeremy. I really appreciate uh, your time today and sharing a lot of wisdom and your personal experiences and and how that really shapes uh, your your passion for serving people and and serving organizations in a really meaningful way. So, I think a lot of great takeaways for our listeners uh, from today's episode. And uh, yeah, I look forward to. Uh, a time when you and I can hit the trails again and and log some miles together, and uh, even even if it's in the snow, I'm 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 good with that. That's just fine. With I me. prefer the snow. Do you? Even even. How your,
0: many Texans do you know that say they'd rather run? I the know snow? your
1: Texas blood lets you. <laughs> boy,
0: you've
1: <sighs> you've really uh, hardened then being in the Midwest the last couple of years. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ben. I I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I I definitely look forward to um, hitting up some snowy hills with you here in the near future.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. A big thanks to Jeremy for being on The Well Mind, and many thanks to each of you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe through your podcast app so that you automatically get the latest episode new episodes are released every monday and also please consider taking a moment to review the show if you found our discussion helpful or meaningful to you good old word of mouth is great too please let people know about the well mind and spread the word and if you want to reach out to jeremy or check out the services of avera's eap please check out the links in the show notes Many thanks, as always, to the staff here in the Bethany Lutheran College podcast studio. Greg, Seth, and Caleb continue to be tremendous assets and resources in providing technical support and editing for the podcast. Special thanks to Lauren McMacken for designing the logo and cover art for The Mind. All right, next week, I welcome Zoe Rome to the podcast. She's an athlete and a coach, and she's the Associate Editor for Trail Runner Magazine, and she hosts her own podcast. She's a gifted storyteller and has a pretty unique focus in her podcast. She talks with some of the most successful trail and ultra running athletes in the world about the times they've failed. She believes that the greatest stories and opportunities for growth come through our failures. So we explore that topic and so much more during our conversation in the next episode. So hit that subscribe button so you automatically get it downloaded when it's released on Monday. Thanks again for listening, and until next time,
0: be well.